Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. Well, I would have you turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Psalms and chapter 16 in verse 11. Many of you know that we are doing a series here at Pleasant Hill called uh, The Third Law of Momentum, The Power of Presence. And we're working specifically on the power of His presence, the Lord's presence in our life. And uh, I'm very excited about the things that I'm learning um, I understand that the word presence actually means to turn face to face, to be physically and uh, mentally and, and emotionally and, 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 and inspirationally and, and morally involved and present in people's lives as God is for us. And so uh, today we continue in that series, uh, the power of his presence, and uh, it has to do with his distinguishing character in our lives and how we can powerfully demonstrate God's character through us. And uh, there's an amazing passage in the scripture that we're going to look at in the book of Exodus. But let's turn to the book of Psalms and chapter uh, 16 and verse 11. And this is, this is one of the anchor verses for our series this year on the power of presence, the source of all power, of course, is God, and the power of his presence is what gives us what we need in this life. So let's read this once again. Psalm 16 and verse 11. David says of, of God, but really Jesus, this is a prophecy of what Jesus would say. He says, uh, you will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. Again, you will make known to me the paths of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And in your right hand, there are pleasures forever. And you know the book of Ephesians in chapter 2. It says that as Christians, we have already been raised up with him. We have already been seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This passage of scripture, we can own it. It can be ours right now. And we must, though, walk by faith as Moses, as Abraham, as Jesus, as Paul. So we must walk by faith. And so I pray this morning that we will walk by faith. So now let's turn to the book of Exodus and chapter 33. And listen, listen to a conversation that Moses has with the Lord God at, the, at the, the base of Mount Sinai. Exodus chapter 33, beginning in verse 12. And there's so many little important parts to this short passage of scripture. As you can see on your note sheets, it's verse 12 through verse 16. Here we go. Then Moses said to the Lord, See you say to me, bring up this people. But you yourself have not let me know whom you will send with me. Moreover, more importantly, uh, you have said, I have known you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. 
Now, therefore, I pray, and this is Moses speaking still. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways, that I may know you, so that I may find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And, and now listen to what uh, uh, the Lord says back to him in verse 14. And he said, the Lord said, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. Then he, Moses, said to him, the Lord, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by your going with us, literally your presence with us, so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished among all other people who are upon the face of the earth? What a powerful passage that is. Where's my notes, honey? Could you grab my notes? What a powerful passage that is. And really, there's one question I want to ask this morning in my introduction. And so, let me turn there really quickly. The question is simple. How can we find rest and great joy and great pleasure in these times of great uncertainty and fear? Let me ask that question once again. How can we find rest and joy and great pleasure in these very difficult, scary times? That's a great question. And the scripture that we just read answers that. If we know, in fact, that we are present with the Lord right now in heaven, and we know that there's fullness of joy there, and we know that there's pleasures forever. If we by faith understand that, we can embrace that as Moses desires to embrace that truth. And so, for the faithful Christian, it is both promised and can be a reality right now for those who would walk by faith. So let's, let's learn how it's possible in a crazy world turned upside down, how we can have rest and we can have joy and we can have pleasure. Here we go. Point number one. Take a look at your note sheets. Point number one, desiring the assurance of God's favor. You know, Moses wanted to make sure that God was with him and that God was pleased with him. And so we need to desire God's favor in our life as well. Notice the statement there. In, in verse uh, uh, 14, or in verse uh, uh, 13. Now, therefore, I pray, if, if I have found favor in your sight. <laughs> Moses says, now, if I have found favor in your sight. That it, word if is a huge word. Uh, Moses wants an absolute assurance that his life is well-pleasing to the Lord. And, and shouldn't we want that, that assurance? We can have that assurance. We can rest in the sacrifice of Christ and the power of the Spirit working in us if we will walk by faith. And that's what this morning's lesson is about. You see, let's define the word found. If I have found. Found. The word found there is rather interesting. It's a mot saw. And it means to have attained or acquired something. Uh, it means to have have uh, obtained or received a gift. 
And so Moses wants to make sure that God is with him and that God is pleased with him. And understandably so. So notice what he, he says then after that. If I have found favor in your sight. He says a couple other things that are important for us to, to see here. Look again at verse uh, 13. It says, If I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways that I may know you so that I may find favor in your sight. So notice in the lesson plan, I have bulleted, let me know your ways. Let me know your ways. So Moses wants to know the ways of God. Remember, David says in Psalm 1611, you will make me know the, the, the path of righteousness. Your ways, literally, is what he's saying there. And so here Moses is saying, let me know your ways. The word know there is the Hebrew word to ascertain or come to know something by sight or observation. That's a very important statement there. Let me say that again. The, the Hebrew word there for know is to ascertain or come to know by seeing or observing. You see, it's very interesting. He says, know your ways. I want to know your ways. The word ways there means distinct character qualities manifested in the way a person lives manifested by their priorities, manifested by their decisions, manifested by their friends and their enemies, manifested by their words and their deeds. You know, a person's character is truly manifest in every word and in every deed, and in every priority and in every decision. And so Moses wants to see the very character of God. Show me your ways that I might know you. And so the word ways is actually seeing God's manifest character. You know, that gives a whole new meaning to the New Testament passage, brethren, in the book of Hebrews, where it says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And he has sat down at the right hand of the Father. So we too by faith have sat down at the right hand of the Father with him where there is fullness of joy and pleasures forever. You see, we need to recognize and understand that we need by faith to walk as Jesus walked in this life. Overcoming a, a faith that was transcendent beyond the present life situation and difficulties. This is a powerful statement, Moses says. Let me know your ways. I pray that you'll go back and look that up. But notice the next statement. Why does he want to know his ways? That I may know you, Lord. I want to know you, Lord, and I know you by your life, as a person would know us by our life. You know, Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. And I always share with my sons, and I consistently do that, and with any young ladies that I consider, you know, like my daughters, I say, you know what, if you're interested in someone, uh, potentially for a, a meaningful uh, potential marriage relationship, is watch how they speak to their mom. You see, son, when you are, when you are interested in a young lady, watch how, or excuse me, watch how she speaks to her dad. Watch how she speaks to her brothers. And, uh, and how does she respond? 
you see that's hugely critical because that is ingrained in that person. So how she treats her father and her brothers, that's how she's going to treat you. And uh, so you need to be very mindful. Is she faithful? Is she living that that uh, that quiet and respectful life that we see Sarah living? It's so important that we know a person by their actions, by their deeds. And so when we come back to this, the word know there is rather interesting. He says, I want to know you, Lord, to possess personal knowledge and understanding as a husband knows his wife. You know, it's really awesome that uh, my wife really knows me very, very well. And I've been encouraged by the scriptures to live with my wife in an understanding way. Gentlemen, that's found in 1 Peter and chapter 3 and verse 7. And so uh, I would encourage you to read and understand what that means. But notice this word, know, to possess personal knowledge and understanding as a husband knows his wife. Literally, it means an understanding that results in a change in behavior in you to bring security, joy, and pleasure in the present relationship. Did you get that? An understanding that results in a change of behavior in you that will bring about security, joy, and pleasure in the present relationship. That's what Moses wants with God. And that's what we should desire in our relationship with God. And notice the last bullet point on point number one, so that I may find favor in your sight. You see, uh, uh, favor with God is predicated on knowing his ways and knowing him that you might walk in his ways. You see, Moses desired to know and to please God so that God uh, would shower him with blessings and uh, the riches of his glory by being in his presence. A pretty powerful statement for New Testament Christianity as we look to the scriptures. Now turn to point number two, would you? And let's take a look at verse 14. This is what God says back to Moses. Take a look at verse 14. Verse 14, here's God's response. And he, God, said, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. My face will go with you. Because you know the word presence means face. In fact, in our earlier studies in this um, a series of lessons, we found out that the word presence here in this passage and in Psalms 16 and verse 11 means to be in the presence of and turn face to face with the beloved or the person that you're with. And so I do a, uh, I'm do doing my very best to look right into the camera because I want to be face to face, eyeball to eyeball with you because I know there are many listening and I want you to know that I'm present with you in spirit. And so it's so important for us then to realize what the, the word presence actually means. You see Psalm 1611. It's talking about David in the presence of the Lord. But actually, you know that it's a prophetic utterance of Jesus, that he in the flesh desired to know God's ways, that he might be in his presence where there's fullness of joy and where there are pleasures forever. You see, we have been blessed by an understanding how we can be present with him right now in rest 
with joy and pleasure, regardless of the world's circumstances. You see, I want to quote uh, uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. And if you want to turn there, that's fine. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. It's a beautiful passage. It starts this way. But God being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins and trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Did you hear that, brother? Did you hear that, sister? God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Christ in the heavenly places. That's a past tense statement. Paul was saying that was true of Christians back then as it is true of Christians today. And so I pray that you would recognize that truth so that we can, in fact, right now, be face to face with God as we look into the mirror of the scriptures and we see him face to face and we shall be transformed into the same image of glory from glory to glory right now in this present age. And so notice God also makes a statement of a promise. He says, I will give you rest. Not only will I be present with you, but I will give you rest. I looked up that word rest. It's a very interesting word. It means to give rest, to give comfort, and peace from labors, tribulations, and calamities. I would say that this day in this culture, this world situation would be considered a calamity. Well, at least that's what the news media is trying to make it out to be. But its, it's effects are going to be tremendously profound and long-term. And so we as Christians need to embrace the truth of who we are and that we are present with the Lord so that we can have fullness of joy and that we can have pleasures in the wonderful, amazing things that God is doing in his church and in the world. Now, I want to finish by point number three. And here's the power of his presence for us in this present time. What an amazing passage of scripture this is. Take a look at verse 15 and 16 with me right now. Notice it says, Then he said to him, then Moses said to the Lord, If your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? It is not by your going with us, so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from, from all the other peoples who are upon the face of the earth. Notice he's asking a question here. Is it not by your presence with us, Lord, so that we, meaning myself and your people, may be distinguished from all the other people on the face of the earth? You see, Moses realizes that by the presence of God in his life and in the lives of his people, that, that the world will see a different people, a people that are separate, a people that are not like people in the world. The world is overwhelmed with fear and concern, and yet we still can rest. We can still have fullness of joy. We can still have pleasures in the amazing gifts 
and uh, blessings of God in this day. And so let's read real quickly these two questions I have in the notes, and then let's work to answer them. Notice, the power of his presence is what sets us apart from all other people's brethren. So the first question, how is God's favor made known to us? Well, we know it's made known to us through coming to know his ways, so we can come to know him, so that we can practice that which is pleasing to him. It's very powerful. And notice the second question, which really blew me away when I was studying the, the Hebrew in this. How does God's presence distinguish us from all the other people in the world? I looked up that word distinguished. In the King James, it's, it's separate or to be separated. Uh, that word doesn't do it justice. I think the word distinguished does a little bit better job, but the, the Hebrew word here is pala, and it means to distinguish, to make wonderful, uh, to show marvelous. The Christian can do acts that are seen by the world as wonderful. We can do things that are seen by the brethren in the world as marvelous. You know, it's so marvelous to reach out to someone who's fearful and scared. It is so wonderful when we bring a gift, a physical gift that might meet a need is absolutely wonderful. And there's deep expression of gratitude for that help. I've seen it. And many of us have already seen that. Whereas people in the stores have been crowding and hoarding and, and fearful and angry and, and short-tempered. And yet we are joyful. And we are enjoying the blessing and the pleasures of giving, for it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's awesome, brethren, that we can stand out from the world. But you know, I continued to study this word and to dig deeper. And I found that this word means to become distinguished, living an admirable life, a life that is illustrious. <laughs> I thought illustrious, I thought luster it literally means to shine, to really shine, to be a beacon of light in a dark place. Uh, and so to become distinguished, to, to live a life that's admirable or honorable and to really shine. That's what the Bible is actually teaching. So my question is, is are you shining with joy? Are you shining with the pleasures that God's giving through his great blessings of, of being brothers and sisters in Christ, having your salvation secured, having the ability to live like Christ and serve him. You see, it's absolutely amazing to me that that scripture actually makes that statement and that's what distinguishes us. You see, it reminds me of this proverb that I've shared with my sons many times and I know that they have it memorized. It's Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 11. It is by his deeds that a young man distinguishes himself if his conduct is pure and right. That's a powerful proverb. It's speaking of the same thing. How can you and I distinguish our lives? The only way is for us to know the Lord's ways and to know the Lord and to walk in his ways so that we are receiving his favor and his blessings, and we are living a life pleasing mm -hmm. to him. And you know what happens when we do that? We manifest his character, his distinguishing, marvelous, wonderful, admirable, 
illustrious, renowned character of selflessness. And people are drawn. People are drawn because they want rest and they want security and they want joy and they want peace. And it's only found in the presence of Christ. And so let me close with this, brethren. Moses wisely recognized that there's power and there's great distinguishing power in the presence of the Lord. Moses refused to go anywhere without the Lord's presence in his life and the life of God's people. Moses realized without the Lord being ever present in his life, he was just like anyone else in the world. Weak, frail, carnal, fallen to to sin constantly, easily captured and killed by the devil, by the enemies of the Lord. He knew that. And so he appealed to God. How about us? How about you specifically? The question should be, how do we honestly desire the assurance of God's power and favor in our lives? Well, you now know the answer, don't you? Do we want to know his ways? The path of life, as David said, God would give to him? That we may know him truly so that we could be pleasing to him, finding favor in his sight? And finally, Do we wisely recognize, like Moses, and truly believe, like Jesus Christ, that there is marvelous, wonderful, distinguishing power in the presence of God in glory? You see, we need to walk by faith and not by sight, brethren. And I pray you'd review the lesson today and embrace the truths there are there for us. So let's go forth and distinguish ourselves among all the world through joy and pleasures forever given to us in Christ Jesus. Let's pray and then transition to the Lord's Supper. Thankful, Father, for your word. Thankful, Father, that you have taught us how we can have lives that are distinguished from all others and how these lives, Father, can manifest your presence and draw all men unto you. Father, help us to remember that this week. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I appreciate you being here, and of course, you all know that the most important part of any Lord's Day assembly is remembering the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And I want to read out of of 1 Corinthians in chapter 10, a very common passage uh, regarding the Lord's Supper. You know that there are three passages uh, in Corinthians that talk about the Lord's Supper. The first one is found in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians and chapter, I believe it is, uh, 7, or excuse me, uh, 5. And then the next one is found in 1 Corinthians 10, and then the next in 1 Corinthians 11. So let me share with you this passage of scripture and bring just a quick, quick thought to this passage. In 1 Corinthians in chapter 10, I want to begin in verse 14. It says, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men. You judge what I say. Is not the cup of blessing which we bless a sharing in the the blood of Christ? Uh, Is not the the, uh, bread we break a sharing in the body of Christ? Since there is one bread, we who are many are one body. 
for we all partake of the one bread. Look at the nation of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices sharers in the altar? What do I mean then? That a thing sacrificed to idols is anything? Or that an idol is anything? No, but I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrificed, they sacrificed to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to become sharers in demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? We are not stronger than he, are we? You see, this this verse 21 is very powerful here. He says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You, you cannot uh, partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Otherwise, you'll pro- provoke the Lord to jealousy. You see, we come around the Lord's table and we partake of the the cup of juice, which uh, is emblematic of the sacrificial blood, which forgave our sins. And we partake of the unleavened bread, which symbolizes a life that was pure, perfect, that was laid down in sacrifice for us. And that life was raised up again. And that life was given to us through the indwelling presence of God through the Holy Spirit when we were immersed into Christ. And so it's important for us to recognize that we have participated in the sacrifice, but even more importantly, just because someone is immersed into Christ and have been raised up with him, we must walk in newness of life. That new life is that perfect, holy, sacrificial life of Jesus Christ that he lived when he lived in a human body. So what are we to remember this week? We're supposed to remember that our lives are to be a sacrifice well-pleasing to God. When Jesus said, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me, he's talking about the sacrifice that he wants us to remember to make this week. And so, brethren, as we partake once again in the emblems, which represent the, the body, the pure, blameless life of Christ, and the blood, that which was shed to secure our salvation in that new life, that we'll remember to live that new life this week. Remember, a distinguished life, one that is wonderful and marvelous, one that is admirable and shining forth the great character of Christ. So let's partake now together. Let's pray. Father, as we partake of this unleavened bread, help us to remember right now the amazing, holy and blameless life that your son Jesus Christ came into the world to live. He lived it for for nearly 33 years. And then he selflessly sacrificed it on the cross, bearing all of our sins. And in the shedding of his blood, in his death on the cross, then the way of salvation was opened and the curtain was torn in two, the flesh was taken away, and the the sins of the world were paid for at that time, and then the opportunity to receive that perfect, holy, blameless life once again in our bodies was secured. And so, Father, help us to remember our sins have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, not by anything we have done, but by his great sacrifice, and that the life which we now live, we are to live by the faith of Christ, so that we might lay our lives down every moment, every day this week, remembering that we are Christ's 
and we are seated with him, and we are walking as he walked. Father, I pray that you would help us with this, and I ask in Jesus' name, amen. And now let's pray a, a prayer of blessing upon our week. Our God, the many brethren around the world uh, who are partaking and participating together this day, throughout the day, I'm so thankful for them, dear Heavenly Father. So thankful for the great body of Christ, that one body, coming together to share together in the sacrifice of Christ in this coming week. Help us never to forget that that's our life, a life of denying self, a life of taking up our personal cross, and our life of following Jesus in his footsteps of sacrificial love for other people. As we go our way this week, let us not forget that great sacrifice. May the Lord's Supper, the sharing of his body and the sharing of his blood be carried with us throughout the week, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Once again, brethren, I thank you very much for joining us uh, this morning. And uh, we will be online once again Wednesday evening at seven o'clock uh, Pacific time. We're continuing our, our series of encouragement on Wednesday. And then Thursday evening, uh, again, I'm so thankful for Phil Sutton and his asking me to participate in the virtual family camp. I invite you to listen to all the speakers, and you can go there and listen to them on New Creation Studies Facebook. And so uh, uh, for those on the West Coast, it will be 6 o'clock. Uh, on Thursday evening for Mountain Time 7 for Central Time. My friends in Texas and my son in Texas, it will be um, 8 o'clock. And so I'm looking forward to being able to present another great lesson on his presence that we might be encouraged. So thank you once again and have an awesome Lord's Day. Amen. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.